Dragon the Peg is recorded in Treaty 1 territory, the traditional territory of the Anishinaabeg, Cree, Oji Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and on the homeland of the Métis Nation. A local drag queen. I'm a local queen in Winnipeg. I am an Asian drag queen. I am a queen here in Winnipeg. I am a fairly new queen. I've been doing drag for eight plus years. I've been doing drag here in Winnipeg for the past 10 years. I've been doing drag for almost 20 years now. I've been doing drag for way too long. I am a drag queen in Winnipeg. I'm a drag queen. <laughs> Welcome to Dragon the Peg, a podcast series exploring the lives and careers of 16 drag queens from Winnipeg, Canada, over the course of 13 episodes. My name is Graham Hooson, and I'll be your host. This episode isn't an interview, it's an introduction. Before we get started, I'd like to give you a bit of a background on this project. So first, a little bit about me, who I am, what I have to do with drag, and why I took it upon myself to make a podcast like this. If none of that interests you, then feel free to stop listening. You won't be missing anything invaluable. It's like, drag is like bad, like a bad date. So we have to work off the energy you're giving us. Um, so if it's not super great at first, just pretend it's really fucking great. Just pretend it's really awesome and you're really into it because eventually it's gonna get better. And so we have to work off that energy. Does that make sense? Right now, I'm a communications student in my second year at Red River College, where I'm studying advertising. I'm also a queer creative, which really just means that I'm queer and that I like to create things. I identify as non-binary, which means if you want to talk about me, I'd prefer it if you use they-them pronouns, if you don't mind. I came out as non-binary probably around a year ago, and before that, gender was always something that confused me, meaning I was never really good at being a man, but I didn't really want to be a woman. It wasn't until a couple of years ago that I found out I didn't have to pick. But being socialized as a man in Canada means embracing masculinity and rejecting femininity, and that was something that I always struggled with. So I think you can guess how I reacted to drag queens. I didn't get them, at first. The very first drag queens that I saw were completely out of the box, and in a few episodes I'll have the incredible opportunity to sit down with them. They challenged everything that I thought I knew about gender. They walk that line of man and woman heightened to like 10,000%, and people love them for it. That wasn't something that I thought could happen. So when I got older and started to challenge what I knew about myself and my gender, drag queens became something of vitals to me. Like most people, I thought of them as men refusing the shackles of masculinity and embracing their feminine sides, and I loved them for it. They made the lives of people like me, who lived that reality on a day-to-day -day basis, just a little bit easier. But as I dug deeper and discovered what I think might be the true core of drag, an art form taking on as many dimensions as possible, performed by anyone and everyone regardless of gender, exposing the way that we use gender to dictate our everyday interactions, I became more and more in awe of them, as both a queer person and a creative. So six months ago, I began production for Drag in the Pag as an assignment for college, but it's become so much more to me. It's been a pathway leading to some of the closest relationships I've ever had, certainly with my community. Some of these performers have become some of my very best friends, and some I even call family. While I'm certain there are a million reasons why Winnipeg drag is so significant, even as drag explodes into the world of mainstream media, 
If I had to pick just one thing that makes it stand out, I think it would be the love in the community. Satina, you've become more than I ever expected from you, and I love you with all my heart. From this day on, I want you to have the rights to the tequila name. You are the future, and it couldn't be brighter for you, and I love being the nanny. I never knew this day would come, but there is no one more fitting to let have it. Sam Tall, my favorite girl, the world is waiting. Despite how weird and quirky and vulgar Dragon Winnipeg can be, Every queen or king is a part of a growing family and joins a long, loving lineage of performers that dates all the way back to the 70s. I'm very proud and honored to call myself a part of that family. While Dragging the Peg started as an attempt to capture the essence of my city's drag scene, I soon learned that that's kind of impossible. Our roster of performers is probably around 100, with new baby queens and kings sprouting up every single month. Each drag artist has a story to tell and a story that deserves to be heard. For the scope of this project, I chose 16 performers that I believe capture a wide range of experiences. Men, women, non-binary, and two-spear people, some of whom have been performing for decades, and some of whom have just been performing for under a year. Although I believe these artists are some of the most exciting and notoriously talented performers in the city, they aren't the only ones. These artists were selected because of their reputation, their variety in styles, and their frequency for performing, because I needed B-roll for each episode. The last thing that I set out to accomplish was to be seen as an arbiter of what's considered good drag in the city. I want to use this podcast to study and analyze our community, as well as give our performers a platform to talk about themselves and their realities. And although I'm sure I'll overstep at some points, that isn't the purpose of the show. So please stay informed. Um, you can do that the following ways. Follow your local entertainers on Instagram and Facebook. Also, a great way to do that, follow Drag in the Peg. <laughs> On Facebook and Instagram, we have a launch show January 12th, right? Yeah! Yeah, January 12th, I'll be there hosting along with Graham. <laughs> and, we'll also be, and we will be celebrating the release of Dragon the Pigs podcast. Isn't that amazing? And that is, that is January 12th here at Club 200. Don't fucking miss it. I want to see each and every one of you here, and if not, I'm going to send you glitter bombs in the mail. I am so excited to give you a glimpse into the lives of our city's incredible drag scene. Whether it's plus 30 or minus 40, these kings and queens are turning out some of the most incredible looks and performances. So stick around for episode 1, debuting January 12th at noon with one of the most exciting and interesting performers in the city. Here's a clip from their interview. I have no shame, as I just said, and my favorite parts of drag are the really messy parts, to be honest. I really love... Um, when I'm walking home from the bar downtown in just like a thong and thigh high boots, you know, like I feel with messy makeup and I've been sweating all day, you know, I just perform some ludicrous act on stage. Um, and it's those moments that I find most important when it comes to my drag. Being in a queer space, people kind of already expect you to be in drag or to present in a certain way. But when you take it to the streets and you are literally shocking people who weren't expecting to see this big pride float of a character walk by them, that's the most important part. That's when I feel like I am normalizing spaces the most. That's when I feel like I'm leveling thing out. And again, creating that shock value that I live for. It's taking back space that I want where I'm able to just do stuff anywhere i should be able to change in a back alley if i want like 
right? And I should be able to walk home safely in pumps and a thong if I want. And so for me, that's where that punk thing comes. Because again, it's like giving the middle finger to what you are expected to do or not do in our city, which is just my big concrete playground, really. Make sure to follow Dragon the Peg on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to keep up to date on new episodes and extra content. Links to all three are in the description box, as well as a Dragon the Peg email. Feel free to reach out if you have any thoughts, feelings, opinions, or perspectives on the episode, or if you just want to chat. Thank you so much to one of my favorite musicians in the entire city, Claire Boning of Veneer, for this incredible intro and outro music. And also thank you to Red River College for letting me use your audio equipment. It's really nice. Until next episode, remember to always tip your local drag queens.